Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. The wait is over. The Shy returns with new episodes on Paramount+. Plus. What brings you to the show? Opportunity. Everybody get down! A new rain is coming to the South Side. Never should have sent a boy to do a woman's job. The Shy. New episodes now streaming. Visit ParamountPlus.com slash The Shy to get a 50% discount off the Paramount Plus with the Showtime annual plan. Offer ends July 14th. The subscription auto renews. Restrictions apply. and shine football fans welcome to morning footy presented by degree it won't let you down let's have some fun this morning i'm suzanne Collins, <laughs> alongside nico cantor hey charlie davies is back alexis guerrero so we've got ali trost martin with some headlines charlie welcome back thank you you chose a, <clears throat> a very convenient day for your day off <laughs> yesterday Yes. It's just interesting. It just happens like to be Wednesday. You know? Every time yeah. we have conversations about the New England Revolution, you just are, are mysteriously absent. Just a, a poof of smoke. I, don't, I, Where, I have no idea why. Is it a coincidence? It must be. It must be. It must be. It must be. Are you, are you ready to dive in? Yes. A little bit. Did you watch our show yesterday by any I chance? Di I did. You did? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How'd you feel about <clears> it? <throat> I, I thought you guys were awesome. As, as always. Oh, thanks, Chuck. Thank you. That was really nice. It's a nice. great way to wake up. There's just, you know, the problem is, and I think Pablo Mar alluded to this when we had him on yesterday. Mm -hmm. There is so much that we're hearing. Naturally, in the business, we're hearing a lot of rumors of what happens, but we need to take on this whole saga with a lot of responsibility as 100%. broadcasters and journalists. Because there's so much mystery, and everybody has been so tight-lipped about everything going on that it's like, oh, but like we have theories, but unless a journalist and no one has been able to come out and say, this is what it is per sources. It's been pretty Yeah, and that's what, what Pablo kind of alluded to yesterday when we had him on. If you guys don't know, we are chatting about the very messy situation that has been unfolding with the New England Revolution, um, and we're going to walk you through a, a timeline. But there's just still so much that we don't know mm -hmm. about this and that they're keeping very tight-lipped. So um, let's kind of go through the timeline just to kind of get people familiar with what has transpired at the club. So back on August 1st, Bruce Arena was placed on administrative leave for inappropriate and insensitive remarks. So this was well over a month ago, and Richie Williams was then appointed the interim head coach. They have a long history together. They have been assistant. He's been one of Bruce's assistants forever. He coached him in college. Go back, yeah, go back to high school. Yeah. University of Virginia. So they recruited in high school. Yes. In how, wow. Long, long history. So then on September 9th, Bruce Arena resigns as head coach and sporting director. And mind you, during this stretch in between August 1st and September 9th, there really had been 
No nothing. updates. Nothing. Nothing. So nobody knew Not what was going on. Exactly. Exactly. We had Omar Gonzalez on, and he had no idea when or if Bruce was coming back. So Bruce resigns on September 9th. September 12th, the players meet with club president Brian Bellello. And according to Pablo Mar of The Athletic, this meeting didn't really sit well with the players. They felt like they weren't getting enough information. So then, also on that same day, the report surfaced that the players refused to train. This was contradictory to what Richie Williams had said in a press conference that it was a sort of team decision not to train, but it was more so that it was the players that just refused to train. So then New England released a statement naming Clint Pay, who was the second team head coach, he will now be the new interim head coach. And then the assistant coaches, Dave Vandenberg and Shaori Joseph, were relieved of their duties. And both of these guys had come out um, a few days prior <laughs> and voiced their support for, for Bruce Arena. So that kind of gives you uh, an overview of, of everything that has gone down and the, the way in which it has happened. And we had Pablo Maurer on yesterday. He and Tom Bogert have been all over this story and reporting on it at, in bits and pieces of what we can, can gather. And it's just, it, it just, Charlie, seems to get messier Yes. By the day. And so I know you weren't here yesterday, but kind of, you know, digesting all of this and seeing how it has all played out and all unfolded. Where are you at right now with the situation? How are you feeling about it? I'm I'm really disappointed because think about this team two years ago. They had the best regular season in history in Major League Soccer. The best hands down. You could say make the argument that they're the best team of all time in the regular season. And here we are with club legend Shari Joseph, one of the best players to ever put on the kit. I, I would, you could argue, the best player to ever put on the New England Revolution kit. And he's dismissed from, from the team as, as an assistant coach, something I never saw happening. What a, a, a great individual, someone who loved the game, someone who loved the club and loved the area and the supporters. And, and now he's leaving. And, that, and he was such a big asset to the club. So. I'm disappointed that we are at this point. Um, I think from a player perspective, a lot of them are, are, are thinking, this is the craziest thing I've ever had to deal with or uh, that I've ever seen. And Easily. The, the only thing we can do, and this, is, this comes from the Patriots mantra, right, is use these type of, of instances to galvanize the team, bring them together, strengthen the locker room, because there's a lot of questions in the air. All you can focus as a player is saying, hey, the guy next to me, I'm with you. Let's, let's focus on the, the playing aspect. Let's, let's focus on the performance. Because if you think about it, this is team is second in the East. This yeah. isn't last place. They have a lot to play for. I mean, they're going to make the playoffs. If, if you were to, to see this, this organization from the outside, you'd say it's got to be dysfunctional. It's a scandal worthy of a team that is sitting dead last yes. in their conference. Not second place, opposite. and not with one of the best players in the league that's running the, the show on the pitch and Carlos Seal. So I, am, I feel for the guys, 
because they don't deserve this. Right. They do not. Uh, this the, the players do not deserve a coaching staff to 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 be fighting and, and to have this all this dissension, and it, it, it's really unfortunate. Can I ask you a question? Mm -hmm. um, it seems like the the players. I mean, you talk about the team coming together and and galvanizing in in this moment. It seems like that wouldn't have been possible had Richie Williams remained in the interim head coach position. It seems like the players had almost blamed him for Bruce's ousting because in the findings of this investigation, it was discovered that Richie Williams was a part of, mm -hmm. of the investigation. Do you think that that galvanization of a team could have continued if Richie Williams had stayed in that position? Would the players have come together, or was it a situation where, no, he absolutely needs to be removed from this? I don't know, but what I do know is that there are, there are some players who were very loyal to Bruce, yeah. who had, had an affinity for Bruce, who respected Bruce, and, and knew what Bruce was about. If you asked a player, they'd say, who knows what's going what's gonna to come out of Bruce's mouth? You know, he, he, he's been around forever. He can, can tend to say anything, and, you know, we, we know what we're getting from Bruce, and, and he's very transparent. And so all of a sudden, from, from that to he's gone, there's no transparency, there's no explanation to not only that, and him not, respond, not be having any contact with players, to here's my resignation, wow. and, and you hearing it firsthand. That, that's a shock, because I'll tell you right now, the play, all the players, did not know this was coming. Well, None, no one knew. They said, wait, Bruce is suspended for what? No one, no no one, one knew. Knows. Don't you guys think that it's telling when we, not only we interviewed Omar Gonzalez, he was like, okay, let's try to sort things out so we can get back on track with Bruce. Yes. And then you saw what Gustavo Bo, I mentioned it yesterday, and Carlos, they you. what they put on their Instagram. It's just, just, it, it, to it, Pablo well, Omar. See, this is Pablo the thing. Omar said all Shaw the players like wanted Bruce to come back like he said I feel comfortable saying that the players that we players, yeah. we spoke to wanted Bruce to return well Shawree and Dave Vandenberg both put out posts and no one was supposed to to, to say anything, say anything. Mm. so I think that showed right there why they were dismissed right right because if if some people still feel so t tied to Bruce and and the, that allegiance and it you just want to kind of clear everything out as much as you can without destroying the team. And the, the, the crazy thing is, is this team is still super talented. Yeah. So if everyone's healthy, if Gustavo Bo is healthy, because that, that's the real piece. You need Gustavo Bo to be healthy with Carlos Hill. And if this team is at full strength, given that they already ha have had these injuries with Brandon Bay and Dylan Barrero, and you've sold Georgia Petrovic, but Thomas Vaslik, the goalkeeper, 34 years old, the Czech international, just got his visa approved. So he'll, he'll be back with the team, uh, be with the team soon. That's going to be the improvement that they need. I just they needed say, a solid goalkeeper. I want to make it clear. You know, it was just that your age, how long you've been around, or the fact that, yeah, you're the guy who says whatever he wants, doesn't excuse you for making uh, offensive remarks. We don't know what they were. No, it doesn't. Inappropriate not at all. remarks, I believe, is the term that should be Inappropriate used. and, and insensitive. And insensitive. Okay. That, it doesn't excuse that. No. That said, the real failure here is how it's been handled after that. The, you know, behind closed doors, everything fully secret. We thought it was just us that didn't know, the media and the fans. Even the players don't know. This has been handled incorrectly from the beginning. Yes, it and has Doing been. something wrong, 
okay, it's going to get handled, an investigation, something's going to happen, that's underway. And I get that maybe until the investigation's over, we don't know. But the fact that everyone, this whole thing is clouded in a shroud of mystery, and every time new information comes out, there's even more mystery attached. Now there's a second round of dismissals. All of this just adds to the frustration that we feel. I can't even imagine being one of the, the players, players in that locker room. kept in the dark. This has and, been handled horrifically. Yes. And, and this is MLS 1.0. Hey, nothing bad is happening I, here. I get it, too, because there's, there's an investigation, and you're not supposed to talk, and I get that part. But as a player, I would want some answers. Of course. Behind closed doors, look at, you look at me in the eye, trust that we can have this relationship, everything, whatever happens behind closed doors stays behind closed doors. Tell me what we can expect. You, can you, have you don't have to tell me what's said or who said what, but tell me what to expect. You could have and had the, the players, players didn't sign get NDAs, that. have a group meeting, say, listen, everyone's signing an NDA because this stuff can't leak for, le for legal reasons. We all don't want to get sued. Here's what's happening. Here's what we're thinking of doing. Well, how does everyone feel? You could have that conversation with a group of professionals. The fact that they don't know and they have to sit out training to get any answers is Imagine a horrific handling of this entire situation. The level of maturity and professionalism you need to have as a player that when you're all rowing in the same direction and the person leading you suddenly is just plucked out into obscurity and there's nobody leading no your ship but, and you have to be galvanized, like find a way to be galvanized think, out of that. Think about this. As a player, you're training and the coaches are split. Are already, yes, so, there's a so fracture, massive for, fracture. For, for, for a while now, you have assistant coaches split. And so you're trying to train while you're Crazy. seeing this tension. Yeah. So How I, I'm happy that at this point, they've, they've moved on yeah. as much as they can. As much as they can. And they say, clean slate, hmm. let's try and use all of this to go forward. How confident are you in this group? We know that they're talented, mm -hmm. right? They're second in the East. This is a good team. How confident are you that they can kind of put all of this off-field drama aside for the rest of the, the season and just focus on the play on the field? How? I'm, I'm pretty confident yeah. because it had to come to this point, came to a head, and now everyone can say, this is behind us. We have to come together as a group to try and get into the playoffs in, in good form because we all know how you went to the playoffs, the last five, six games, mm -hmm. is a good indication of, of how well you do. This team's going to be in the playoffs. Now it's just, are they going to be in shaky or are they going to come in hot with Gustavo Bo healthy and, and Carlos Hill firing on all cylinders? Because I believe in this team. Mm -hmm. I, I know the crafts are doing everything they can to make sure that this team is going to have results and, and do well and set them up for success. But, I mean, this is, wow. this is something that I don't think anyone ever predicted. It's so. wild. No. Really wild. Hey, welcome back, Charlie. Hey, yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's Good morning. Go. <laughs> All right. It's real hot. Right. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's hot in here. Uh, and on that note, um, we are going to take a quick break, but whew. Ali Trose Martin will be back with some headlines when we come back. Don't go anywhere. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. 
Welcome back. Well, here's a look at the top-ranked 11 from EAFC 24 in the Premier League. And I'm, this makes me very happy because Liverpool is quite wow. well represented in this 11. Check that out. Allison, Van Dyke, Robertson, Alexander-Arnold, obviously Mo Salah. What do you guys make of this? I would just move Trent Alexander-Arnold a little bit forward. <laughs> this one. seems right. I mean, I would look, I would love to see Saka, but I get Salah being in that spot. Yeah, I mean, this is a... Uh... Saka, Saka's probably like an 84, 85. Like I said, I said I'd like to. No, I know. I know. <laughs> I mean, you can, I'm not gonna put him in. I, I wasn't gonna let your fandom <laughs> build Saka up so much. Uh, nothing you say <laughs> is gonna stop me from doing that. You know what? Uh, you know why I feel old? Why? I haven't bought like the last two or three Fifas. You haven't. No, and I used to why? buy them obviously oh, every old. year. You're why old. haven't you? Just it's, it's not, not a priority uh, anymore. It's not a priority. You're second if you, in a row. If you do three, you yeah, you're I think old. Like yeah. FIFA 22 or 21. Oh, my last one. Uh, do I see some gray yeah, hair? No, no, there is gray <laughs> hair. You know, so my, the co my cousins that I brought here to, to watch yeah. the show a couple weeks ago, they're 17 now. I taught them how to play FIFA. And for the longest time, it would be like, okay, Nigo going to play FIFA against them? 4-0-5-0, easy. I can't beat them for the life of me. They mop the floor with me. Man. Are you looking at the who's, buttons who's better, who's better of the two? <laughs> I don't know. I like playing 2v2 with somebody else against them because I get in their heads and I make them bigger. But uh, they're, they're both evenly matched. They have both good qualities, twins. Um, but yeah, S-C-E-A-F-C. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Didn't you guys play in Vegas? We did. I got Who by won? Vibe. I think I lost to both of you, right? Did we play against each other? I don't think I think we, we played against yeah. each other. Or someone, I think you might have taken over someone's team at halftime. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. so confident. Yeah. Uh, the director I, I forget, just told me in the year that I forget who won. <laughs> yeah, we played Arsenal Boca. I took him to the 90th minute. Boca against Arsenal. You took and, who? To uh, Cause our director. Oh. He lost to <laughs> me? False. He says, wow. wow, false. False in our ear. Wow. Like, we need to bring you out of here and play some people to prove yourself. He's like, offset. He's like, cat. We'll make it happen. Oh, cat. man. Let's send it on over to Ali Trose Martin for some headlines. Ali, are you a gamer at all? I am. Do you dabble? Absolutely not. Mario Kart was really the only. Uh, area <gasps> that was my jam. much time wasted at college oh, playing. So much. But my husband plays FIFA. My brothers played growing up. I don't, Nico, were you like a controller tosser if you got angry? Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. We had some. We had like some a, dents in the ceiling. For I think. Sure. I a, think toss is a very gentle word. There's a mate gourd sticking out of the wall. <laughs> you, hurl, you hurl it. Have you ever broken a TV? No, I've never Ooh. broken a TV. I will say that the soundtrack slaps. Susan Ooh. Frost, my mom, loves the FIFA soundtrack. Oh, okay. She shares those uh, those links uh, to her Facebook page. Fantastic. So. <laughs> wow. Go off, mom. Love you. Nico's ya. on um, Facebook now because he's old. <laughs> <laughs> hey, are you calling my mom old? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, let's get to the headlines. It has been a summer of change in Spain for women's soccer, and the latest took place earlier today when the Spanish Women's League and Players Union reached a milestone agreement on minimum wages. The deal ends a strike that caused the postponement of the league's first week of matches. And under the new deal, the minimum player's salary will rise to $25,000 through the 2025-26 season. The previous minimum salary was just $17,000. And in a statement from the five players' unions, it said that the agreement was just a start and they will now work on issues such as maternity and harassment protocols. 
And in transfer news, the transfer window in Europe closed two weeks ago, but one league still making moves is the Qatari League, which has finalized its biggest move of the summer. Italian midfielder Marco Verratti has completed his long-rumored move to Al-Arabi, leaving PSG on a $48 million transfer after 11 seasons. And in coaching news, Fernando Santos has been fired as the head coach of the Polish national team. The Portuguese manager is out after Poland's shocking 2-0 loss to Albania in qualifying for Euro 2024, a defeat that leaves Poland sitting in fourth place in Group E. Santos took charge in January, just a month after he was fired by Portugal after last year's World Cup. He led Poland to three wins and three defeats during his brief tenure. And in more coaching news, Italian World Cup hero Fabio Grasso is closing in on a new job just three months after stepping down from newly promoted Frozenone. According to multiple reports, Grasso is set to be hired as the new manager at Olympic Lyon. The French Giants fired Laurent Blanc after a terrible start to the Ligue 1 season. Grasso recently left Frozenone after he guided the club to a promotion in Syria. In England, Tottenham and Brazilian national team striker Richarlison revealed his intention to seek psychological help to deal with his struggles both on and off the field. Richarlison was in tears after being substituted in Brazil's recent World Cup qualifying win against Bolivia. And in an interview with Brazilian outlet O Globo, Richarlison said, quote, I went through a turbulent time off the pitch during these past five months. Now things are a bit more stable at home. People who only had their eye on my money are no longer close to me. I'm going to return to England and seek psychological help from a psychologist to strengthen my mind. That is what it is about, to come back stronger. Things are going to flow now, and I'm certain that I will have a good run at Tottenham and will make things happen again. Richarlison hasn't scored for Brazil since last year's World Cup, and he has just one goal in 31 appearances for Tottenham. And Charlie, those scenes seeing him cry on the pitch were heartbreaking. I know a lot of times people like to think like, oh, athletes, like you have all this money, like who, you know, they don't have, who cares? Like go, you know, wipe your eyes with, with your dollar bills, whatever. But for him to come out and be so open about wanting to seek that kind of help, I mean, how beneficial is that to people who maybe look up to him and, and can really find comfort in his, in his message? It's, a, it's inspiring, Ali, for, for someone to come out with, with his you know, status in society to come out and say, I need help. I need to, to take that step because it's easy to criticize players for what they do on the pitch, but no one knows some of the difficulties they, they have to go mm. through off the pitch because a lot of people are, are quiet. They don't talk about the, the issues that they're dealing with. And when you, you make a big amount of money and you, you come from a place that is, uh, you know... A, a lower economic background. Yeah, it's... And, it's, and you suddenly have... All the money you never even dreamed of. It's, it's not just people asking for money. Sometimes it's your family. Yeah. E- extended family that are putting pressure on you, that are blackmailing you in, in Paul Pogba's ca- case. And to carry that with you every single day, it is daunting. It is, it is, it's almost suffocating. And if, you, if, you're th- if your performances don't go according to plan, then you, it's easy to crumble. And so for him to recognize that and not just keep trying to carry it on and, 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 and keep it inside, that, that's, how you, that's how you move on. That's how you, you grow. That's how you are able to survive. And, and you don't want to see people going through that. Especially you know? with Richarlison, who has this very vibrant personality. There's personalities in football, and he is naturally attracted 
to the spotlight in his actions. It's like if I was a footballer, I'm a happy guy. I feel like if I was a footballer, I'd be doing all this show that, that Richarlison does because that's how people are. You can't extract personalities from, from people. And naturally, when the performances don't fall his way, you kind of pin all of that together almost against him. He's not only in England, you know, for like celebrating, taking off the shirt, throwing the flare into the crowd, all this type of stuff. Um, it, it just, it, people kind of seek him out to be this like overhyped guy when we never know anything that's going on behind the scenes. So um, it's like he wanted to be himself, but everybody was going out making, making him a villain and, and but i think you know part of that is like the higher the highs or the lower the lows and we never get to really see the lows those are usually kept private so if i'm going to give him a lot of credit specifically for speaking openly about this and making it okay making it okay to say i want to go to a psychiatrist i want to make myself stronger those are very well chosen words because someone who is struggling with that and maybe comes from a place where it's not okay to say hey i need help hey, I'm going to go do this, because a lot of cultures, it's seen as not manly, or it's not the right thing to do, or you don't tell secrets, or don't tell about the family. For him to openly say that, hopefully opens the door for somebody who's struggling, who's watching at home, reads that and sees that and says, you know what, I've been struggling with something, maybe I should go get help too. So I want to give him a lot of credit. Yeah, the player on the field, the performance is on the pitch, but to openly speak about saying, hey, I'm going to go get help, I'm going to go speak to a psychiatrist because I want to come back stronger, those words, I think, are very powerful and are going to help a lot of people. No, these conversations are, are massively important, especially as we continue to to learn about the effects of mental health on, on professional athletes. And I think back to our conversation that we had about Dele Alli and, and him coming forward and being open about the, the struggles that he's faced. I just think, to your point exactly, Alexis, it, it makes it more accessible. It makes people People feel less alone mm. when they know that you know some of their sporting heroes are also facing these these struggles and these issues. And so I hope I hope he gets the help that he needs. I hope he comes back stronger. Um, the brain is get him so much credit. Probably one of the most, if not the most important muscle to an athlete. Mm. And if, if you're that's not, not right. well mentally, it's like if you were injured, yeah. if you pulled your hammy really bad yeah. or any other muscle, you need to re regenerate, refocus. Um, and get healthy again, because mental health is important. Look at, I think when Djokovic had this change, that's, he became the best tennis player in history. He trained his mind yeah. so well, and he had aware, he played with awareness, with gratitude, and he just, I'm thinking of mentally strong athletes. The way that he was able to hone into those skills has made him into one of the greatest athletes of all time. Yeah, indeed. Well said. Um, all right, guys, we're going to take a break. Uh, when we come back, um, we're diving into, unfortunately, some, some injuries that we saw over the international break and how those injuries to key players might affect their teams. That's coming up. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on it's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets. Welcome back to Morning Footy, presented by Degree. It won't let you down. Unlike 
injuries. Man, we are really keeping it light yeah. on today's show. <laughs> it's a show. fun show, folks. Yeah. Injuries, everyone. Wow. Okay, so unfortunately, the international break uh, saw some injuries to some key players. Here's a look at some of the guys who suffered. Olivier Giroux uh, had an ankle injury. Ilke Gundogan, a back injury. Sofian Amrabat. We don't know. It's a big mystery. But Sandro Tonali, um, a muscle injury. Kylian Mbappe, his knee. Yikes. Um, so this is not, obviously, we don't love to, to see this. And with Champions League coming up, um, there's a few guys that are going to be likely missing for their club. So we're going to dive into uh, some of the teams that we think might be um, affected most by these. So let's start with uh, Amrabat, the in injury to Amrabat. I feel like things are just going from bad to worse for Manchester United. We don't know uh, the nature, really, of, of this injury, but how big of a blow is this for them, Charlie, considering kind of all the all of the other issues that they are dealing with currently? That's yeah. said it all. Yeah, it's, it's a big blow because of what he offers and in terms of the midfield, being able to protect the back four, winning balls, tough tackler. You just know what you're going to get from him, super consistent, to play alongside Casemiro. That would be the ideal pairing, and you're going to have to wait. And, and I think the, the mystery of the injury is, is, is perplexing as well. Isn't the storyline that they found something in the medical when he arrived to Manchester United, and then he goes to the national team, he's unable to play with the Moroccan national team, and then he goes back. So there's just not much clarity on what it is. Hopefully he's wouldn't ready to go because if not... Wouldn't that have negated the deal? No, because if it, would, if, it, if it would have been something like really bad, I think that negates the deal. But it's clearly something that he can... They found it to be minor. Yeah. Because if you go through a medical mm -hmm. and there's something that the other team's like, whoa, wait a second. We didn't right, know like about it's that. Like degenerative. You're like, hey. uh, or, or just no. like your, I, who was it? We, ah, someone's medical was off that their, like MCL was torn and, and the other club didn't find that. And they found like, hey, you're, you're it, playing on a torn MCL. It, who was it, it? It was, he ended up going to play for Betis. I don't remember. And then they, they sent him back. But yeah, and I mean, it played. happens every so often. Well, um, crazy enough, Boca signed a kid from Colombia, like the best right back in Colombia. I forgot who it was. And when he was doing the medical, they found he had a congenital heart disease. Oh, no. Yeah. And they couldn't sign him. That's so sad. He was sad. in Buenos Aires, yeah. And they found him. Maybe that medical might have saved, saved his life. I mean, he's listed, I, who knows if it's true, but he's listed as being able to come back at the end of September, which is not that far away. Insanely enough, I can't believe it's almost when the end I, of September. It's so funny, though. When I, when I heard it was end of September, I was like, oh, man. And <laughs> yeah. I'm like, wait, that's next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I wonder it's how. Late September. Whoa. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> I know, right? It's crazy. But Amrabat Casemiro, right? Uh -huh. And then that frees up Ericsson to maybe play where Anthony would be playing because Anthony's taking that leave of absence. You've got Garnacho in the mix as well. So it, I think amid all of the clouds around Manchester United, getting Amrabat as healthy as possible, as quick as possible, is the key to kind they of need to protect Ten that back line. And it's been rather unstable all yeah. season. And, you know, if you watch any, you know, Manchester United fan content or follow any other fans on Twitter. Which you do. Which I do. I love it. Uh, that's how I go to bed. Um, <laughs> 
they uh, they seem to think that this player can solve all their problems. And I, maybe it's because it frees up uh, Christian Eriksen, but it, there's a lot of pressure now being put on this guy. Hoyland, who just got back from a back injury himself, yeah. a lot of pressure being put on him to perform early on. Marcus there's Rashford only, always has pressure. There's an incredible amount of pressure. There's only so much time you have before, like a Sofian Amrabat can you know, d- develop an understanding with his teammates and, and sort of, um, you know, get that chemistry needed to, to go on a bit of a run here. So I feel like Eric Ten Hag's, you know, sort of window of pressure building is starting to get smaller and smaller. Mm-hmm. Hey, we this is see. when our guy Pellistri gets his opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Pellistri who gets some minutes, who he doesn't get minutes at all almost with, with Manchester United. Um, uh, now that Ten Hag has brought his guys, has got the transfer window he wanted, it's crazy how much he, b- before the Anthony issue, he loved Anthony. He brought him from Ajax and game in, game out, despite him not performing, not being as clinical as you would think he could be. He gets to start every game. So now his arm has kind of been twisted to kind of make big decisions now. So let's see how it all plays out because he's got options off the bench that are decent options to see how Manchester United kind of rives this wave. Mm. Um, quickly, let's chat about Ilkay Gundogan, who suffered a back injury in that match against France. You said it was a pretty nasty Yeah, he fall. jumped up, and he had, like, no one to kind of just kill his fall or suppress his fall a little bit. And he just, from pretty high up, just fell, Oof. boom, straight on his back. So He continued playing for a little while after that, too. He played, uh, he landed on sort of his... Tailbone? If you will, tailbone's a better word for it than what I was going to originally say, but I don't want to get fired. <laughs> uh, and he sort of landed, and it kind of just, he sort of flattened out as yeah, he landed. It looked like a lawn chair falling yeah, from exactly. like the second floor. It was rough. And as soon as it landed, his sort of head went back, which is like yeah. a clear cut sign that, you, you know, sort of, he's tightening up, he hurt himself. And mm-hmm. you can tell from that moment on, he was not the same. It was a painful looking fall. For Barcelona, though, I mean, how, how big of a loss could that be if he's to, to miss a significant Huge. amount of time? Back, I don't know how long a back bruise takes to heal. I don't even know you could bruise your back. It's crazy. Um, I, look, a leader, a winner, a proven winner with Manchester City. A, a team like uh, Barcelona, which always feels, they, they just feel like on the fringe of like, you know, you know, I don't know, like creditors putting locks on the doors. You know, like everything is on the on the verge with this club. They're just trying to survive at this point. You need to win. You need to play. You need to get in Champions League. And then this happens to one of your biggest signings, which there were there were rumors that they weren't even able to sort of register him in time, and they got that done. It's just everything seems to be going right to the edge and then going wrong for yeah. Barcelona. Yeah. And. I don't know where Pedri's fitness is in all of this, but Pedri hasn't been playing for the last couple of games. Maybe he'll be back, and that'll kind of alleviate a little bit the situation for Barcelona. But when you lose a player like Ilkay Gundogan... But you, they do have Frankie De Jong, who's been phenomenal. He's been as great. Yeah. He's been in form. And remember, they were trying to push him out. At least that that's what was reported. And he just stayed. And he sang, they tried to push him he out. He's going nowhere. A, a whole year ago. Yeah, but before. to prove his ability. Correct. And now he's he's central to their success. I yeah. just remember my uh, my roommate in college fell down some stairs <laughs> drunkenly and broke her tailbone. I, and she had to walk around with, she had a donut that she had to sit on uh, for like two months while this thing healed. And I'm wondering if Ilkay has a donut that he's got a. Hilarious. I'm just. I think if he played with a donut, he'd still be better. So than embarrassing. A lot of yeah. Midfielders out there. She had to like walk around with it everywhere. Every time she sat down. <laughs> that actually sounds. It's not funny, but it was quite funny. Anyway, 
Just an inflatable toilet. Get well seat. soon. Okay. <laughs> what, was, what was your roommate's name? <laughs> I'm not going to do that to her. She'll <laughs> kill me. <laughs> she, she does watch the show on occasion. She's sitting I love you. watching the show. <laughs> um, all right. We're going to take a break. We're going to chat um, about Inter Miami, and we're going to revisit our predictions that we made about the points that they can accumulate as they look to make the playoffs. Um, we're giving ourselves a mulligan. I'm just going to say that. <laughs> That's coming up. Stick around. Welcome back to Morning Footy, presented by Degree. It won't let you down. Well, it's a home stretch of the MLS regular season, and that means that there are several teams looking to make a playoff push, including Inter Miami, the hottest team in the league. Here's a look at the bottom half of the Eastern Conference standings, and they are currently in 14th place on 28 points, only six points off of D.C. United in ninth. And ninth is that last and final playoff spot. So, if you recall, ahead of Messi's first match um, with Inter Miami, we... In Major League Soccer. In Major League Soccer. Mm -hmm. In Major League Soccer. We took a look at their remaining fixtures and made predictions as to how many points that they, we thought were reasonable for them to accumulate. And we went game by game and said win, lose, draw. Mm -hmm. And we basically decided that based on our predictions that they were three points shy. Right. We grabbed the average from the ninth place finisher from the yeah. last three season, and that's 44 point total mm -hmm. or average. And they were on the cusp. They wouldn't the have cusp. made the playoffs in our prediction. And I think... I think we were pretty generous in the amount of points. Like our whole goal was like, okay, they can drop here or there, but let's see what's realistic so that they do make the playoffs was the point of the exercise, right? Right, right. And they didn't make the playoffs in our exercise. Right. If we had to do it again today. Well, I'm glad I'm glad you said that, Alexis, because mm. I think we're we're going to give ourselves another another chance here because we we got a couple right, as I recall. Two I think out there of four, were two out of four right. we, we got right. But I mean they're still they remain unbeaten, which is wild. Now I also think that we have to keep into consideration here that DC United, where is DC they're on 34 points. We, as you said, Nico estimated that it was 44 points that would be needed for that ninth place position. I feel like that it it might not even be that it, high. It, no, I, I don't. Year. I don't think they'll they'll need 44 to get in. So I'm confident they can do it. That draw without Messi, that I'm sorry, the uh, win against uh, Sporting Kansas City, that gave me a lot more confidence in this team. Yep. Should someone go down with a slight knock or something? Yeah, we gave them. So we gave them five points in their last um, four matches, and they got ten. So <laughs> that sh that shows you. Wow. That shows you right. where we're at. So this is, yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> we said at New York Red Bull a draw. This was the first game that they were played. They were tired and whatnot. We said, okay, they're not going to lose because New York Red Bulls hasn't been that great. And they won. They did draw at Nashville, which we got. It's in the green. And then LAFC, we said, okay, if it's not, it's not at Red Bull, the first loss is going to come out of LA. And they won. Mm -hmm. And then they beat Sporting KC without Messi. Yep. So I'm looking at this Atlanta. At Atlanta. Match. This is going to be wild because this is at Atlanta mm -hmm. at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, which is crazy. Charlie knows very well how loud it gets in that stadium. And Atlanta have been playing well. And I think that this is also, I guess we could consider this a, a rivalry match. 
a little bit, and yeah. it's you know, when yeah. you, and also a when you consider the, the Tata Martino Joseph effect and the Martinez, Joseph Martinez yeah. thing, you know, these are two guys that were instrumental in their 2018 MLS Cup run. So I, there's a there's a lot of storylines mm -hmm. in this one. We said that Inter Miami would win this match. How yes. do we feel I about still, our I decision? You stand by. It's going to be closer than it was in League's Cup. Where, where uh, yeah. Miami completely played them off the pitch, and, and Messi was incredible in that match. Um, I, I do think this will be closer at Atlanta, and Miles Robinson is back and healthy. Uh, so, yeah, it's a win. Three points. Yeah, I can't see that. I'm, I'm looking at this trying to figure out where could they possibly like slip up? Where could they maybe get too comfortable, you know? Mm -hmm. Or maybe look past. So I can't really see that. Maybe FC Cincinnati can give him a fight and it becomes a draw. It's, it's, a, it's a favorable schedule. It is a very, it's a very favorable schedule. schedule. Atlanta have been poor. Toronto, bottom of the league, although they have that new coach balance because John Herman's going to be the manager. So it, I expect them to be a little bit more free with the way that they play. Has he taken and over? Not yet. Yeah. He, hasn't, he hasn't been on the sideline okay. yet. But. He's officially the head coach. Yes. Now he'll be there um, for that game. At Orlando City could be tricky. Uh, NYCFC have so been poor. There's a, the caveat. Right. There's US Open Cup final mm -hmm. against the Houston Dynamo, which we'll be at, um, covering with the Golasso Network in between the Orlando City and the New York City FC game. So it's three okay. days before the NYCFC game. So yeah. could they... I don't, I don't know. I look, obviously, I love NYCFC, but do they have enough firepower to contend with this team? Probably not. And... and Give credit to Tata Martino so far in terms of rotating the squad when he needs to, being flexible, changing formations. So that's why I'm not worried about them going uh, playing against New York City FC. I think. If I, it was but, in, what if about it was the Orlando? But what if about the Orlando game before? You think it'll rotate against Orlando in a in a, in a derby before the U.S. Open Cup? Uh, not on Golasso Network, but on Paramount Plus that you'll enjoy our CBS Sports coverage. Do you think he'll rotate against Orlando? Maybe a few players, but look, they they were missing nine players. Look what they did and against they beat Sporting Kansas City. I know it's Sporting Kansas City. If they rotate, I know it's Sporting Kansas City, and they're not the strongest. But they've they have turned it well. around. They've been playing so well. So if they can win they without first. nine players mm -hmm. and, and and influential players during the t since Tata Martino has taken over, and I I, I wouldn't doubt them. Tata Martino has been absolutely Fair. spot on with every move, every tactic, has has given these players. Um, I think hope for the players who haven't gotten an opportunity or haven't played. I mean, even Robbie Robinson, who hasn't looked great. And this was, he looked like an absolute star coming out of college because, you know, we, we always say college players maybe struggle a little bit. But we've seen over the years that some college players with, with a lot of quality, which Robbie Robinson had, um, can, can really have success. But he's struggled. Now he's shown some flashes, and you're like, oh, Tata Martino is getting the most out of him. Mm. And all he needs is confidence because there's one play where he dribbles everybody and he misses the, 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 the shot. He could have also passed it for a tap-in. But I always say, if you can do all that magic with the ball at your feet and you finish, no problem. But he's getting into those positions. So that's one player who I think Tata has gotten the most out of, and Noah Allen, another one. But this team has experience the world's best player, and they have youth who are also super talented and only getting better. So you I'm not doubting in Miami at, at this level. Come at on, this, we keep talking this about sure. a different player. Everyone, everyone. You, you often say, how do you bet against them? And I'm confident that for every single one of these matchups up until the end of the season, the bookies will have Inter-Miami as the favorite. 
even against Cincinnati. They're playing at home against Cincinnati. When you've got Messi, that's if, if Messi plays in all these games, it feels like the bookies will favor Inter-Miami in all of these games. Are they not n now the best team in the league form-wise? Yeah. They're the scariest team at least. 100%. Do you think he plays at Atlanta? Yes. Yeah. Considering he, he was he, injured? And he just, but he, he wasn't, we rested. don't. Rested. Rested. He's rested. And I think that was part of the reason why he sat out that match against Bolivia is because he wanted to play in this match, knowing what's at stake. I mean, these are, these are crucial, crucial points. How high, how much altitude is there in Atlanta? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but I can tell you how tight every executive is going to be because that's turf. So we all, Watching him play on turf. We all agree. That's, a, that's his first turf game, Since, since right? he was a kid. He said he played on it a lot when he was a child. Yeah, and it first didn't turf seem game. to bother him yeah. at all, which was wild. But mm. we, are we all in agreement that they made the playoffs? They made the playoffs. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I've been saying yes, so I'm confident with that. Orlando, there's only road game, and it's not even that far. You know what I mean? Like, it's right there. Well, they've already, they're already tested. They yeah. went to L.A. If, yeah, that's what I'm okay. saying. If, but, that, but I'm saying, like, you were talking about could they possibly rotate player? Could that be maybe a hiccup? It's not even that far. Are the and expectations so high, though, now? Because, like, before it was like, can they make the playoffs? And it was, like, this big question. And now it's like, we're like, oh, no, they're going to make the playoffs. It and then it's it like, are be. they going to? Are they gonna win it all? Well, like, what, like, if what they are, make the playoffs, the expectations Charlie keep going like the world's this. best player. I know. So how, how can you bet against him? And not only the world's no, best I'm player. I'm not arguing but, with you. But, I'm not arguing with you. Busquets, Alba, and a manager who's already. I'm just saying it's wild how the expectations have continued to rise because before it was like so many pundits, including us, were like, I just don't think they're gonna make it, and now it's like they're gonna win the whole thing. Let's see how they respond after a loss. They haven't experienced that as a team yet. And I don't doubt Messi, he knows how to respond after a loss. What are, what are the odds a that different we context. don't see that for the rest of the season? And they win the whole yeah, thing? Yeah, you can't lose in the playoffs. What, what are the odds? <laughs> you can. In the best of three series, you can't lose in the playoffs. What are the odds that they, make, that they do the full run? They go the whole way without losing. Anything's possible with this that man, Messi. That would be Messi. the most incredible... <laughs> I will, in the history of Major League Soccer. I'll, I'll get a Mate Gord and fill it with Hennessy and drink it on this very morning show if that happens. Wow. Me and Charlie. Has there, oh, don't throw me, don't, don't, don't throw me one, in there. No, I'm only this, kidding. This one, I can't do this one is for the research team. I, I think I'm fairly confident in believing that no team that has won Major League Soccer has won the MLS Cup was ever at any point in the regular season dead last Seattle in the Sounders 2016. Yeah. Yeah. They, they hit. They were dead, dead last, last, and then they won the whole thing. And what about Portland okay. before that run Fair. of the playoffs? I don't know. I don't think they ever hit dead last, but they were close. For know. how many match days? It were was. They dead it last? was nuts. It was halfway through the season. They fired Ziggy Schmidt, and then they they brought in Nico Ladero. Brian Schmetzer took over, and they went on this ridiculous so not run, and and they well, won MLS. Cup. Not even for the research team, Suze. How? Thank you. Suze is the research team, bro. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Take it down. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to take another break. Um, Ali Trost Martin will be back with some headlines when we come back.